0: We were so convinced that that march would be our moment. That it, and the words that we carried at its head, would mean something. That we were making a claim for the future we wanted. And we could already hear a declaration echoing back to us from down through history. And of course, it were a mirage. A few hours later, declaration with but a forgotten scrap of paper. Those tens of thousands filling every street, banners freshly sewn and patched, voices raised so high, we could air them off island. They tasted hope's promise atop marrow. The whirlpool took little more than a moment to pull us under. Fucking hole. All. all of it. The night before, I'd finally known something like peace. For hours, half a dozen of us had written and debated and drafted, putting words to the cause that carried our bones. LV would have wanted to set it, and I remember sitting and listening and watching the clacking of their presses as they created copy after copy. The smell of the heat and the ink and the paper lives with me even now. I remember thinking that I should sleep, that we all should sleep, even if it would only be an hour before the day ahead. We should get our rest, but how could we? The future we'd fought for for so long would be birthed right in front of our eyes. We meant no. And I know, I get it. Remember our laugh the first time? I pulled out a book in front of you, and you reacted with horror. You said something like, once a story's written down, it's dead. First-hand experience right here. What we wrote would not be a declaration for Embrace's future. What we wrote was the city's eulogy. Welcome to These Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is
1: Beck Mihalik.
2: Hi, I'm Beck, and you can find me on Twitter at r underscore
1: And Ryan Evans. Hey, I'm Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at brainx ray
0: And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can find me on Twitter at... At T. Dixon, you can find the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals, and you can find our website at flimsyrituals.com. As always, we're continuing our game of Blades in the Dark by John Harper, and the music featured on this episode and all of this season's episodes is from Satin by Kai Engel. Okay, so the plan was to steal from the Painted Lanterns, who are the faction who... I guess basically deal with spirits and ghosts in the city. And the idea was that the Painted Lanterns had some like weapons or technology that would be useful to you all in the defense of Tales End. Because it seems inevitable, for, for you both at least, that at some point the name shifts and the city are going to attack that place. And I think the thing we mentioned was some kind of device or machine that refracted spirit some way, and so I think the plan was to try and take that. I don't know whether I, I think Ivar does know about that because I think Ivar was tailing one of the pale lanterns called Mushka's Full and had learned some stuff about this. So I think your plan vaguely was to come to this place where the pale lantern seem to have some kind of headquarters which seems to be tied to the temple in some way and try and just take what you can in order to to help defend Tales End and the Winter's Lodge. Was there anything else? I, I guess you found out that the Pale Lantern's headquarters was like underneath the temple, is that right? Right, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Is that everything, Ryan? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think so that's what we set out to do.
0: I think if I remember last time, we were about to do the engagement role, right? So as always, the six different plans that you can choose are Assault, which is do violence or target deception, which is law, trick, or manipulate. Stealth, which is trespass unseen. Occult, which is engage a supernatural power. Social, which is negotiate, bargain, or persuade. Or Transport, which is carry cargo or people through danger. Do you have an idea of which one of those you'd like to go with
1: i think originally my idea was stealth but actually listening to them now maybe it's more of a deception if we're going to be getting dressed up yeah Mm. yeah and i could
0: also say it being a transport as well but maybe that's the least important part like getting up the hill isn't the same as getting into the building right i think
1: it's a deception
0: cool that sounds good and the detail is the method of deception so remind me how are you deceiving people
1: Oaken's a priest, and (laughs) Ivar and Rian are his aides. So here's an important question. Has Nia helped
0: you with this, or have you found, like, your own priest garb somehow?
2: Can you imagine Nia trying to make, like, a nice understated priest garb?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's happening. That's why I ask. I definitely feel like it's a, oh, we robbed the church's laundromat. Whoever they get to do the laundry, yeah. 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 I mean, you've still probably got like
0: contacts with Atrium and that Temple, right? So I imagine you can be like, "Hey, hey, can you give us some priest costumes, outfits? Not costumes. They're not costumes."
1: Yes, I think that's that makes a bit more sense.
0: Nia's gonna be so annoyed when say find out that you've done like a dress up score and not not included some. Oh yeah,
1: but it was yeah. a it was a dress up score. Where we needed to dress up like actual people. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, what do we think like priests dress
0: like for like Parson? Which, as a reminder, is a religion focused on like humans, I guess, and like the rejection of the divinity of remnants, or well, not necessarily that they're not divine or not important, but that they're not everything, and that humans have their own divinity and right.
1: I've I've got an idea. Okay. Um. You know, I'm trying to think of what it is, but there's those um, the dance where the mask changes to a different face constantly. I'm trying to remember what it is, but as they dance and they move, there's a very fast mask change to show a different face. Mm-hmm. Does anyone remember one?
2: I I can visualize it, but I don't know words yeah.
1: around it. Um, I'm thinking something like that, like that they have like this headpiece that has either has like a changeable face mask over the front, or that it's like it turns in four directions, so it's like got four faces that are facing out at ninety degree angles, and they can just turn it around.
0: I'm almost imagining, instead of a mask, like a helmet that rotates. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like a four-headed helmet kind of thing. Mm. Or maybe three in their actual faces, one side or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I also imagine that you could probably have a version of it where... If you imagine a helmet that was like, almost like an inverted pumpkin... So, like, instead of, like, rounded, and then it, like, concaves in, it, like, con- convexes out, is that the right word? To, like, pointed bits. And you could almost have, like, half faces on each of Ooh. those strips, so you could actually have, like, 20 faces, and depending on how you rotate it, like, the way it mirrors is different. So you can have all of these refractions and changes that feels, like, quite tied to the labyrinth in some ways.
1: I mean, also, and wearing a helmet will also probably help from, uh them getting spotted or recognized.
3: Mm.
2: Another ornate headpiece for Oaken.
0: The thing I sort of love about this is I'm having to imagine Lena Fisher wearing this.
3: Oh, yeah. And maybe that
0: was part of, like, what she did, is she just doesn't wear it. Maybe this is the dress for, like, this very... I think we saw in the ground itself, like, a very formal version of this religion. I can't remember how I described it then, but is. Less focused on the connections between people and more about like the rights of some people to be above others, Uh, I guess. And yeah, I could definitely see like the central temple being very hierarchical in that way. Yeah, I mean, makes sense to me. Mm. And beyond the mask, is it like robes and stuff?
1: Yeah, I think so. I don't think it would be too much. Maybe if you've got like a big fancy headpiece, you wouldn't want to be, uh, Wearing anything else to distract from that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is it that the headpiece is for, like, certain occasions? Or is there always someone wearing one?
1: Maybe whoever the head honcho is that day. Yeah. The literal head honcho. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: But also, I I imagine it could work a little bit like like the way confessions do. Because if you sit and confess to somebody who's wearing a helmet then you can't see the, the, like, the reaction on their face. Yeah. So maybe it's, it's like, there's someone who's always there that's wearing one that you can talk to, but um on special occasions more than one person will wear it.
0: Yeah, I love the idea of, like, there are probably different qualities of these masks and different degrees of refraction. There are probably, like, very simple ones in which it's just a couple of wooden masks that you can swap between, and there are probably some which are like more ornate, and there's probably like whatever, you know, there's probably a treasured artifact that is in the head temple that is very, we- really worn. Because I can't imagine like the head priest of the religion wears it all the time, but definitely like the attending priests do, if that makes sense. I just, sorry, I was looking at images while we were talking about this, and the other great image I found is there's this image of, it looks like some kind of like divine being but just doesn't have a face. I could sort of imagine... Like, maybe there's almost, like, that kind of tarot-style symbology to some of the faces, of, like, different things being different things, and different faces and refractions are for different purposes, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: And in that case, if Oaken's wearing this mask, how are you and Rian dressed?
1: Well, I think if, if we're assistants to the main priest. I guess we'd be in lesser garbs. I guess maybe, like, plain robes with nothing else. Like, no mask or anything. I wonder whether
0: one of the elements for, like, people lower in the hierarchy is they just have, like, a necklace with one of the faces on to kind of represent what they're associated with.
1: Yeah. That makes sense to me. Mm.
0: I guess the question there is... What kind of face is Ivar wearing? Is it just one that he picked up randomly?
1: I like the idea that it's one that he's picked up randomly, um, but it's like a laughing, happy face. Sure. That is like <laughs> extreme opposite. Someone looks at you and is like, associations with like
0: frivolity and happiness and being jolly.
1: Uh, and Ivar's just stood there <laughs> like completely stone-faced.
0: Mm, yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, I think the most difficult thing for Ava is going to be keeping this look, because I'm sure it's very weird for him to be trying to project these clothes, I guess, because it's not what he's normally wearing.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, because you've not like chosen some clothes to wear, you've just sort of copied some you've seen, is that right? Yeah. Okay, so some good complications there, potentially, later. As it's like, the front half is the priest robes and the back half is just Ivar's normal gear or whatever.
2: Assless priest robes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting an Ivar fall. All right, moving on. Let's do this, this <laughs> podcast. Um, so, the engagement roll. So, this is the three of you dressed as a priest and their attendants boarding did you say you wanted to board like the front carriage of the cable car yes okay so i think that this front carriage is obviously much fancier than the other one i think the entire thing is fairly fancy anyway i think it's been built fairly recently and it's obviously been built on this hill as almost a sign of Embraces ability to adapt to new technologies, and I think it's all very ornate. I think in my mind, it sort of looks a bit like how you'd imagine a lot of the frill work in like a theater or on a carousel. There's like lots of curling motifs and lots of brightly colored patterns. It sort of reflects some of the tiled buildings around it. There's lots of like teal colors and pale salmons and and things like that just swirling against each other. With lots of ornate detail but the front carriage in particular is an extension of that instead of these very closely situated tables there are instead like four four tables with like softer almost couch style sets of seating around them it's not designed to fit many people in but it's meant to be comfortable and dignified and i think you can get in and you you board
3: the cable car. Here's a question: How how nervous
0: are your interactions as you enter into this carriage?
1: I think a little bit, but I think Ivar probably will try and play it off as the classic nervous attendant trying not to <laughs> upset their master, sort of thing. <laughs> I,
2: I think in my mind, Ivar has given Oaken an instruction t- not to talk. Mm-hmm. because that's the thing that will give them away. So it Oaken is just trying to, like, preen as hard as possible without saying anything.
0: Yeah, I I think you walk into this space and there's maybe, like, one group of people, maybe two people sat on one of this these sofas and I think there is a teapot and cups laid out on each of them despite the absurdly short duration of this journey. And they're drinking, like, cups of tea, and they're just talking to each other. And one of them looks up at you as you walk in and just is watching the three of you. Not in any sort of massive way, but just out of curiosity. Who walks in first, and and where do you sit? I think they've taken one of the tables near the front of this carriage.
1: I think Ivar would go first. Mm. Um... I think he would head over to um, one of the tables, and then like, proceed to like brush down a chair <laughs> as if to prepare it for, for Oaken, and, and then uh, like pull it pull it away from the table. Uh, oh, sorry, no, they were like sofas, weren't they?
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I think they're attached, but they're very like plush.
1: But yeah, yeah, brush them down, brush all the dust off of them, and then. Uh... Back and oaken over to take a seat
0: yeah
2: i'll come over and recline upon my freshly dusted
0: yeah. seat i think the person that was watching you just looks down again sort of uninterested you're, you're sort of acting how did i expect and and i think rian is oaken takes a seat just takes a seat opposite him and the three of you are on this train so shall we make a roll to see how this goes So the way an engagement roll works is you start with 1D for sheer luck. You get plus 1D if the operation is particularly bold or daring, and minus 1 if it's complex or contingent on many factors. Are either of those true? I guess it's bold. This is like a three-person robbery of like one of the main temples in Embrace, right? So plus 1D for that. Um, Does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability of the target or hit them where they're weakest? Take plus 1D. I think that's true. You are wearing these masks. I think that is a pretty good disguise. Like, that's a weakness of, of how, how the priests have passed some dress. Uh, do they have any particular defenses or special preparations? No. So, so you're on Freed Ice at the minute. Can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight? Are any enemies or rivals interfering with the operation? Enemies and rivals are interfering, so that's minus one to two. Have any of your friends or contacts helped you?
1: I mean, apart from getting us the the uniforms. I assume those priests would
0: know stuff about the temple, though. The, the people that help you. So maybe, even if we've not necessarily seen it on screen, I'm happy to consider that as useful. Maybe they've okay. told you stuff that would help you, about where to go. So let's put that back up to three dice. And any other elements you want to consider... It is a higher tier target, so you take minus one d for that. So you're down to two.
1: Okay. Um,
0: maybe there's a situation in the district that makes the operation more or less tricky. I mean, it makes it less tricky because there's a big protest going on. So actually, knock that back up, put that back to three dice. There's a big protest. That is the best cover you could have for this. Who would like to roll?
1: I don't mind. How are you feeling, Beck? You feeling lucky?
2: No, so I want to do it.
1: All right.
2: <laughs> hell yeah. A six, a six, and a
0: three. Fucking hell. That's like a double six, yeah. right? Um, God. Um, critical is an exceptional result. You've already overcome the first obstacle, and you're in a controlled position for what's next. Hell yeah. This is really interesting. So I'm going to name a clock here. One of the main things I think for this score is I have an idea of a clock that is kind of happening in the background of basically some other people's intent for this place. This is why an an enemy is interfering. And, you know, I had in my head what would happen, depending on different results of where that clock would start and where this person is in their plans. And I think the first thing that this critical means is, weirdly, you're ahead of them. In my head, I imagined you, like, chasing what they had done in this place, and I think instead of that, you've got this tram up, they are probably getting the tram up after you. The other thing that happens is, I think maybe there are some nerves to start with, but they quickly fade as you climb this hill. I think as you climb the hill, out of the window, you can see... The masses of people marching up. You can hear all of their shouting and noise and drums and all of those sounds. And you can see the brightly coloured banners working their way up all the way down from Calvary and Atrium and Hinterward. And then I think the car takes you past them. It takes you past the ring of buildings that represents the civic heart of Embrace and to the very crest of this hill where the religious heart is. The cable car stops, and the people who are at the other, the other table, they stand up and they walk out. I think one of them maybe, like, tips their hat to you all, and they disembark. And then I imagine you do the same.
3: And I think, as you disembark onto the top of the hill, the first thing that you're struck by is
0: how quiet it is up here. With all of the noise and fury and everything else happening on the hill below you, up here is just quiet and peaceful. All of the city's attention is removed from you. There is the couple that are in the car with you and they, I imagine they walk away. They, they maybe rush away down the street a little bit. They, they look like they're maybe doing something dealing with that. But you are just left alone in these streets. And just to give you an idea of what this is like, it's a big open-topped plaza. You can see the large building of the temple ahead of you, which I think has two main segments to it. One is like a big dome, which on the outside is fashioned into the shape of a whirlpool imagine it's tiled and those tiles are all like slightly offset different positions so it looks like the breaking of water as it flows around if that makes sense and then coming off of that is like one long building with big arches all the way alongside it and those arches are almost shaped to look like rodella's bones and it's like big and steepled and curved and i imagine it even maybe has like that same shape of bones so where it's like narrower at the entrance and then kind of gets wider as it like meets the whirlpool I think all the way around it are are the walls and plazas and like tiny gardens and small buildings that make up this part of the city and you yeah you
3: disembark and you're here just in these streets
1: right I guess we gotta find a way deeper underground
2: how how weird is it for a priest to be here?
0: I don't think it's super weird. Are you trying to like take a read of what is happening here?
2: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Okay, maybe this is a role actually. Okay. Just because we never really do study or survey roles, and it might be useful.
2: Yeah, I'll do a bit of surveying. I mean, I've got one point in it.
0: Okay yeah um, I can give you a I think the position is controlled i I imagine this is actually like controlled great actually okay. because you got that critical. I'm not gonna take that away from <laughs> you. I think you have a a decent amount of time to like work out what's going on um, and the other thing I can offer you is a devil's bargain, which is I get to tick one segment of this eight step clock, which represents. The other people's plans. And let's name those other people. It represents Altara's plans. Hmm. So if you want an extra dice, I can tick that to one of eight.
2: Oh, I do quite. That sounds like it will not backfire on me.
0: Nope.
2: So I might take that. Uh let me move my window. A four and
0: a one. Okay, um, So, a 4 on the controlled is you hesitate, withdraw, and try a different approach, or else do it with a minor consequence. Minor complication occurs, you have reduced effect, you suffer lesser harm, or you end up in a risky position. So, it's up to you there. Do you want to withdraw and try a different approach, or do you want to just have a minor consequence happen and you get what you're asking for? Consequence, please. Yeah, let's, let's have a minor complication. Okay, um... I guess to answer your question about, like, is it weird for a priest to be here? I I don't think so. But I do think it's weird for a priest to be here and seem directionless, if that makes sense.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially for someone who, you know, wearing your mask seems of such a high rank. You see people moving about and, like, rushing in directions. It's never, like, big groups of people, but you definitely catch sight of, you know, here's a priest rushing down towards where the revolution is happening here's someone carrying some news back up like that that sort of thing
2: okay yeah i think maybe my question could be phrased as how deep into the temple can i go in this outfit before people like hang on what are you doing here
0: i think the answer is almost as far as you like as long as no one notices that you're not who you say you are you you should be fairly free to wander that temple as much as you like. But I think maybe what happens, are you heading to the temple now?
2: Yeah, I hope we go in, go blag our way. I'm very confident in our disguises.
0: Yeah. And I imagine there's a bit of, like, having looked around, I imagine Oaken has probably picked up on, I just need to look confident and look like I'm doing something important. So yeah, I think you walk through the various, like, plazas and courtyards of this place up to the front of the main temple. There's a big pair of doors that is the main entranceway, and they are framed by two white columns of bone that kind of arch around them. And those doors are just wide open at the minute. There's maybe someone stood there, just almost keeping an eye out. But as you get close, you see that there's lots of, like, people going in and out of this temple, seemingly trying to organize and and do stuff, probably associated with what's happening below. And I think as you reach it, the priest just lets you in without any word. I think they look at you, see the, the kind of mask you're wearing, and just don't say anything. They're probably like a young initiate that they've left on the doors. It's it's just a teenager stood on the doors, keeping an eye on like the comings and goings. And they look at you and do like a tiny little head bob as you stride in. What you walk into is a huge grand space framed by these columns of bone. I think the inside space is almost slightly organic. It's very rounded. in some ways, as it kind of dips in and out according to where these bone peaks are. And I think it almost splits this main long building section into a series of fairly huge alcoves. And I think on the inside, all across the ceilings and the walls, it's much brighter coloured than on the outside. I think they're just... A dizzying array of different images and different carvings in all of the walls. Do you know those plates that grandmas collect? Yeah. I don't know if this is a thing, but like my, I think both my grandma and my nana collected like you know plates of images on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are just countless thousands of carved reliefs into the walls, all brightly coloured and painted, and it's like they're all about the size of one of those plates, which is why I went for that. And they're just everywhere, just in the same way that the masks are kind of refractions and reflections of different attitudes of humanity, all along these walls is the same. There's a strange chintziness to it, I imagine, to us, but probably to to all of you, this is what you expect this temple to look like. As a question, have either of you been here before? I extremely doubt it.
2: I guess I might have at one point with the jackals.
0: And I guess even with, like, family ceremonies and stuff, maybe? Yeah. I don't think we've ever really worked out how marriage would work in Embrace. Would Would that take place here? Or anything like that? I don't know. Would, Would like, a funeral service happen here?
2: Yeah, I'll go through there. As it
0: parades around the mm. city, kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, I can definitely imagine for, like, the Nimshalif's... As a family, if they were coming into the city and trying to ingratiate themselves, there's probably, like, a lot of your childhood spent at, like, religious ceremonies here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, this definitely feels like a, uh... what's uh, the big uh, cathedral in London that they always use for, like, coronations and things like that. And if you're knighted, you're allowed to use it to get married in... I remember. Really?
2: That's weird.
1: Yeah, it's the um
0: There's a Westminster Cathedral. There is Saint Paul's.
1: Yeah, not Saint Paul's, but yeah, anyway, there's one that's yeah. you have to be either knighted or part of the monarchy to use this church. Yeah. I think it's Westminster Abbey. Um and I feel like this is that kind of place. Yeah. Like it's only only for the elites and that maybe people around embrace see drawings of it and they're like oh wow I wish my my church was like that
0: I bet you get to stand outside they probably yeah are big fans of people standing outside while ceremonies are happening yeah I guess my question is what is this place like in terms of being laid out for like services this is kind of a side question, but I'm just very curious. I know, like, in churches, it's obviously you have, like, a, a row of pews all headed to one place. Is this different to that? Are there, like, clusters of seating?
1: I like the idea that it's more like um, like an amphitheatre. Like, there's a bit in the middle and everything, all the chairs mm. or whatever, circle out from the middle.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I guess where this, like, main hall leads to, and maybe this is where you go as you kind of walk through, is there's the big domed space, which is on the outside fashioned in the shape of the whirlpool, and the reason it's like that is on the inside. The very centre of the dome is literally a pool of water that is whirlpooling. And it is probably the only place in the city where that whirlpool is perfect and not a strange, weird royal. And maybe there is some kind of you know, there is like the higher tier seating around that and then all the other seating comes out into this long hall and there is like a plinth for the priest to stand inside that space. Maybe that makes sense. What are you looking for now that you're here? Did you find out where the entrance to this place was? To the Pale Lantern's headquarters?
1: I don't feel like we did because we wouldn't have been able to get inside to see it.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: So you're just kind of looking around trying to look for people who might be someone you can tail?
1: Pretty much, I think that's the plan.
0: Mm. So I think as you approach the this like whirlpool space, you notice that there is someone stood on the altar. Altar's the wrong word? What's, what's the word for... Like a platform.
1: Plinth podium.
0: Oh, it's a big podium. Yeah, it's, it's a big podium with just absolutely incredible statues around them. I imagine they're the same kind of statues, like, of what people would build of Oaken. There's very, like, Michelangelo's David about these. They're very, like, this is the human form. They're not in the shape of, like, a Droya or that There are just people carved into, like, the edges of of this podium. And there is a priest without a mask, but wearing incredibly iridescent, rich-looking robes, reading a book. And as you get close, she looks up, and she spies Oaken. Doesn't recognize you as Oaken, but, like, sees your group, and, like, looks at you and goes, I was waiting for you. I'm glad you're finally here.
3: What do you do?
1: um i i think might try and keep the illusion of uh Oka not speaking um and just say apologies uh as you can see the the, the priest has the uh the melancholy face facing outwards at the mm-hmm. moment they are uh they're focusing on uh, introspection they're thinking about themselves at the moment. They, they, they aren't <laughs> very uh, talkative.
0: I do not need them to be talkative, acolyte. I need them to do their job. <sighs> and, like, looks firmly at, at Oaken and is like, are you ready?
2: I will nod sagely and thoughtfully.
0: Then let's go and address this rabble. And starts to, like, walk down from the podium, carrying, like, a, a book that I imagined they were writing in before. Uh-uh. I think they, they start to, like, walk around the edge of the whirlpool towards you. I think they're, like, quite a tall person. They maybe have, like, little amphibian-like frills from their ears. And they walk up to you, look at you all, expectantly. And if you both hesitate, I, I think uh, she says, "Acolyte, where are your manners?"
1: <laughs> My uh, humble apologies, I.
0: We uh, just bows.
1: <laughs> always uh, forget myself, and uh, yeah, I vow a fall to follow you and bow. <laughs>
0: I-, I think there's like a luck of like, huh? That's not quite the right thing, but I'll do. And like, she just strides past you. Come on, then. And she starts to to walk back out of the temple.
2: Okay, I'm gonna smirk at Ibar. <laughs> that's very important to do before anything else.
1: I can't see it, but okay. <laughs> I just like the idea of like Oaken
0: twisting the mask round <laughs> to be a smirk. I think-
2: Ivar would know, like the mask would turn around, and Ivar would be like, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. even just looking at me, I was like, shut the fuck up, okay?
0: <laughs> mm. Do you follow her?
2: Seems like we should.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think she leads you, like, starts to lead you out of the temple, and she's walking alongside you, and she's, I don't think we should dignify them with this. They are heathens and rabble all but Valenim Schiff said it was important and who am I to deny the orders of the regent of embrace and that family will be the ruin of this city I tell you
1: I, 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 I quite agree with you there um,
0: the, the I, I did not Schiff. ask you I am talking to your superior
2: <laughs> I'm going to nod <laughs>
0: And, I, I, and yeah, I think she just continues. Like, this is absolutely shop talk. Yeah, This is this is someone who's like, okay, I'm around someone that, you know, I probably know and work with. I can just be unguarded here. And she is complaining about, you know, the protest, but she's also complaining about Nimshif and all of those things as she leads you out of this temple. Is there anything any of you want to do here or are you just happy to see where this goes
2: i i think happy is the wrong word Mm. but we will see where this goes
0: (laughs) okay she leads you outside and back across the plazas and i think you're almost led back to where and, like, remember, you can, like, flashback and stuff here, so if there's a way you could have got around this, I don't want to just pull you away from where you want to be, if you've got an action to take, but if not, like, she starts to lead you across the plaza and, and down the hill towards where this mass protest is, is taking place. Hmm. If you let her, I can just
1: take the next stage of this clock. I feel like this is not in our best interests.
2: It feels like we have now a chance to sabotage something else the Nimshifts want.
1: Mm.
0: That's true.
2: Which is also good. But, yeah, I, I, maybe getting the weapon is more important.
0: Than... I mean, there's two of you, right? Or, like, there's also, like, Rian. <sighs> yeah.
1: Um. Maybe as this is happening, since we're walking behind, maybe I whisper to Rian and be like, look, you're Gwen. Go and see if you can find this
3: entrance. We'll, we'll sort this bit out and we'll come back up and meet you.
2: Oh, we can be the distraction.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So are so you sending Rian off?
1: Yeah, Rian, uh, stay inside the temple, maybe just as we're leaving, just before we start walking down the hill. Mm. Say to Rian, like, slink back inside and keep an eye out for... Any of these pale lanterns going in an entrance or something, and then when we come back, we can sneak down there.
3: Yeah, I, I think
0: Rian looks up and like says, ap- ap- "Apologies, I I I've forgotten the, the the priest's uh censor and just like ducks away back back to to the temple, starts heading back that way." before this head priest can do anything about it. The thing I'm going to do while this is happening is I'm going to tick this eight-step clock again. So that is now at two of eight. So I think the thing that we see off screen is, I think we get two shots, but the first shot was probably when you came into a temple of Altara Nimshif, and I think there were maybe a couple of people alongside her who you recognize as the minister Silaset dim and her second, boarding the tram. I think now that we've taken this second step, we get the shot of them at the top of the hill, like, leaving the tram and like, looking round. And Altara taking one quick glance around the streets around her and then looking at the temple and then just walking with a very direct, (laughs) serious face uh, towards it. I think the pair of you, though, um, are led down the streets. You are led to I imagine the way this hill is laid out, like, there is this top plaza, which is, like, all of the religious buildings, and then I imagine built into the side of the hill as it kind of winds down, and the road is maybe, like, spiralled are all of the civic buildings, the houses where the councils meet and things like that. And maybe coming down from the temple, you come out through a road that comes round the back of one of the main civic buildings in Embrace. I think you're led there, and there are a set of barricades set up alongside it, and you are led to basically a platform that is positioned in front of the very front of a column of people waving brightly colored banners. I think there is maybe someone addressing them at the minute. Maybe one of the counselors. We've not seen Nib Corvinus, who was the Warden of Holm that got elected in the voting score, who um, I think Ezra maybe threw some fruits at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You recognize this person, Ivar, <laughs> I imagine, who has, like, long, heron-like legs and is wearing, like, layers of false distressed black lace, and he is stood in front of the crowd. I, I, I assure you all that the regular functioning of the council is taking place and your concerns are unfounded. We have simply asked the Nim family to guide us through these difficult times. And I don't think any of this is going down particularly well with the crowd in front of him. I think this priest, though, stops you in front of the platform and maybe talks to someone who, you know, like someone who's organising the different talks through the day and then just stops to wait and is stood waiting in front of everything and, like, looks at you. I am sorry. I'm not sure we have formally been introduced. Are you one of the priests from Atrium? And uh, she's asking you that, Oken.
2: Um, I'm going to shake my head. Yes or no? Diagonally. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it up to interpretation. <laughs> god. Uh,
0: okay.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. It's very funny. Uh, cool. Um, make a roll. <laughs> I, I just, uh. What would what, what this
2: count as?
1: Uh, it's up to you. Um, sway, consort?
0: Sway or consort, unless you want to use something else. I
2: have, I have no points neither. Mm. I do not think I have points on anything that would help. This is not a command.
0: <laughs> and, Oh, I mean, it's controlled at least still, <laughs> but uh, this is very funny. Remember, um, like uh, people can help as
1: well.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <ever> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll chime in with my one point in consult.
0: <laughs> what are you saying?
1: How are you helping? I think I will just lead in with, uh, well, you see, uh, we are from Embrace, uh, uh, but uh, yes, we are from Atrium. Uh, we. We often travel to the different uh, churches around the city uh, to give inspirational speeches about how great it is to be who we are, you know?
0: Okay, let's make this roll.
1: How does assisting work? It's been a while since I've done that.
0: Yeah, so if you help, you spend one stress, and then Beck gets one more dice. Oh, yeah. I can also give you a Devil's Bargain, which I think might just be the same thing, which is, I think I get to take another segment of this clock.
2: I think we need this one, though. <laughs> okay, um, Controlled Standard?
0: Yeah, Controlled Standard.
2: And then two extra dice. Yeah. Okay, um, it's a one and a four.
0: Okay, um, so on a four and Controlled, you hesitate, withdraw and try a different approach, or else do it with a minor consequence. So I guess that what that would look like is, do you want to have to spend more time convincing them, or do you want to have them sort of half-convinced, or have something else occur that, like, you've convinced them, but there is an effect?
3: Um, Maybe convince them, but there's an
2: effect.
0: Cool. Yeah, I think she looks at you both and, like, looks at Ivar, and, like, considers saying something as you say that. And then says, "Ah, so you are the onus, then. Thank you for your work in spreading our word and our message. Now, I do believe that is Atrium's visage. I would recognise that anyway. I heard that some of you had been called into that temple. And she, like, pauses. As if for effect, and as if she doesn't want to say the name. And then it's like... After Lena Fisher. And, you know... You get the sense that if she wasn't a priest, she'd probably spit on the ground after saying her name. How she led that entire ward astray.
2: I'm gonna shake my head.
0: How does Ivar react? Weren't you kind of nice friends with Lena, or at least knew her?
1: I think uh, Ivar's biting his tongue. (laughs) How's that work as a ghost? I don't know, but I'm just <laughs> not saying anything.
0: <laughs> Metaphorically.
2: Uh. I is extra stoic.
0: Mm. And yeah, I-, I think before you have the chance to say anything, she's like, oh. And she's realized that Parsib has stopped. And is like, ah, oh, it is time for us to deliver our sermon. And like begins to walk up. The wooden steps to the platform. Come on! (laughs) And yeah, I'm choosing that this is, you end up in a risky position. Okay. Do you go onto the stage? Do you go onto the platform?
2: Of course. It is where I am most at home.
1: Ivar, do you follow? I'm going to, like, walk up the stairs behind Oaken and just, I think as we're going up, I might whisper just, like, this could be a good opportunity. Maybe try an Agamon.
2: Okay. I could do this. I could totally do this. I could
0: do <laughs> this. Um, before we see that, let's just cut very quickly to the temple, because I know I ticked that clock again. I think we we get a shot of Altara Nimshif entering the huge double doors of the temple. Hard soles of her boots
3: clicking on the temple floor. Would you...
0: I'd like to make a roll for Rian here. Yeah, I can do. Just because you you commended her to do something, right? So the way cohorts work is when you send a cohort to achieve a goal, you roll their quality to see how it goes. You can also oversee the maneuver by doing a group action, or you can direct them with your orders using command. So I think their quality is probably going to be better than your command.
1: Yeah, my command is only one, so I think that probably makes sense.
0: An expert has a quality equal to your current crew tier plus one. Is your tier two at the minute? Yeah, so three. Three, yeah. We <laughs> then just get three dice. Nice. So yeah, you, you were kind of sending her off to go and follow people
1: and see if she can find a way in. Do I need to make this like risky standard or anything? Or is it, or is it just a fortune roll? Um, I guess it's risky
0: standard. Because there are definitely things that can happen here.
1: Um, A six and two fours.
0: So on a six, uh, she does it. I think maybe what we get here is Altara knows exactly where she's going in this temple. And I think Rian manages both to not get caught out by Altara's approach and maybe also starts to follow her. And we'll see how that goes as, as that all happens. But for now, should we should we head back to this platform? Yeah. I think we cut back to the three of you on this stage. There is this head priest who... Let, let's just give her a name, because like, it makes it easier. Uh, let's call her Darazel Nim Prilisant. And I think she takes the very centre of the stage. And... I think what starts to happen is she starts to give, you know, like a sermon or a speech. And I think you've probably seen this kind of sermon before. Oaken, what's kind of expected is the head priest will give the the speech and you're kind of expected to almost dramatically underline that using a combination of like performance and expression. And she walks up to the front of the stage and opens this book in front of her. Is like people of embrace. I see
3: you before me now in all of
0: your numbers, carrying banners dyed by your own hands. I see your very belief in the cause that you bring to us. I hold you all as petitioners to those
3: that would guide you. And I'm here to say that
0: we are listening. And what what is Oaken doing as she, as she starts to talk? Is Oaken trying to do the role as he's meant to be doing?
2: No, I think he's trying to do, like, so, like, when she says we're listening, he's going to switch to the mask of silence. <laughs>
0: Uh, so so this is like turned into like a carnivalesque farce? Yes. <laughs>
2: my my goal is to undermine her.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think like some people start to pick up on this, but it's not like a critical momentum yet, but yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I think she keeps talking. I understand that some of you have concerns about the regency of Valer Nim Schiff. I too had those concerns when she first came to me and declared her intentions but I have been reassured of the strength of their house and and she does like a wry little smile of the virtue of their intent
2: mask of greed
0: <laughs> yes uh, okay. Um. Let, like, let's make a roll here. Like, this is very good, and I want to see how this goes. Um. Okay. I mean, we can keep playing it if we think it's funny.
2: I think. I think it would be nice to like play a crescendo. But mm-hmm. I think for the bulk of it, a roll maybe.
0: I, I think as as she s- says that, then let's not do a roll yet. Let's do a roll in a bit. As okay. she says that, there is like a big laugh in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and and like as you like flick this mask and she she just kind of looks around unsure about what happened and how does she react is it just that thing where she's unsure about how to react yeah i think she just continues like heedless this city faces some of its darkest moments at the very tail of embrace We see something new and uncertain rising. We see the chaos that has been sown in the hearts of many of this city's fair citizens. We know that we too, our very faith of Parsant, has not been immune to this chaos. I... Feel for you, citizens of Embrace. How can you trust us when one of our own sits inside Last Reach? But I'm here to plead with you, to say that you can trust us. That you can trust this city. That you can trust your council. You can trust that your grievances have been heard. And that we... No, I personally will do all that I can to make sure that your wounds are healed. What is Oaken doing?
2: I don't know what would be a funny one here. Mm. Like, Mask of Martyrdom or something?
0: Yeah, just like overplaying it. The yeah. deep irony. Yeah. Isn't the Mask of Martyrdom for Embrace Oaken? <laughs> Switching to, like, oak and in a jackal mask. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yes, I love it. Okay, this feels like the point to make you roll.
2: Okay. What should I roll?
1: I feel like this is a command.
2: I, I'm very happy with the command.
0: Yeah, I'm happy with that. Because you're commanding the attention of the crowd, I guess, is oh, yeah. how I'd read it. Uh, do you want to push yourself for anything?
2: Yeah, I do, actually
0: then, yeah, you you take two stress and gain an extra dice.
2: What's the effect?
0: I mean, like, it's risky. I think it's also great. Like, this, yeah. as established in the fiction, feels like it's great effect.
2: Okay, so risky, great, and two bonus dice.
1: One bonus dice? Unless Ivar is doing anything to help. I don't think so, unless I'm handing the masks. But, <laughs> Ivar uh. just stood at <laughs> yeah. the
2: back. I really want this to be good. <laughs>
0: I mean, I guess the thing I'll say is even if you roll a failure here, I think you still do what you do. And it's great because I love what's happening in the fiction. It's just there's <laughs> some kind of consequence to you personally.
2: Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. We've been added some rolls. Yeah. Let's see why that should end now.
0: Don't see why that should end now.
2: Let's go for it. A three, a five, and a six.
0: Nice. Yes, you do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you want to happen here? How do you want the crowds to react to this?
2: Riling them up, getting them rowdy.
1: Do they start chanting Oaken because they've seen the mask? I like the idea that this is going to push Oaken to, like, maximum levels of smugness. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Implying he's not already there.
0: Hmm. Is there, like, a song that is about Oaken. There must be, right?
2: Yeah, there must be like a kind of pub song kind of thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm. And maybe like there, there are some shouts, and like the crowd is just swearing and yelling and getting angry at this priest. <laughs> yeah. Who I think is probably like retreats from the stage at some point and. from somewhere in the crowd someone starts singing and it's a song about oaken that you've probably heard before but like not for a while i mean have you heard it
2: no no i wouldn't have heard it
0: Ivar probably has like most people in embrace (laughs) will have heard this song oaken is probably one of the few that hasn't i think someone starts singing it and then i think more and more like people start joining in until everyone's singing it and it's sort of weird for this crowd of people to be singing it, I guess. But I guess you have been spending time at Winter's Lodge, and maybe the thing that is different here is maybe some of the words have been changed. Like, Ivar, you probably recognise that it's not Oaken the hero of the city, it's Oaken the hero of the revolution, it's not Oaken of the jackals, it's Oaken of the people. And they start singing this song. As you stand in front of them all, wearing an oaken mask. Ah. <laughs> uh, and I think the priest, as she runs off, like probably gives you a snide look and, and whispers, like whoever you are, you are done.
2: Right. If, if you weren't going to have that priest run off, I was going to kick her off the stage. I wrote that down.
0: <laughs> kick her off the stage. Do it. Yeah. That's better. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I think, yeah. So I think she turns to you and it's like, whoever you are, you are done.
2: I'm going to beat her off the stage.
0: <laughs> yeah, she she falls uh, onto the floor below. and I think a couple of the Swifts like rush over to her. And you are kind of left standing as these people sing a song about you. Do you reveal yourself is the question I've got here. <sighs> yeah, does Ivar stop him is also the other question. Like That could be conceivable, but...
1: I think Ivar... Uh... Is gonna let Oaken go. No. It's like it's like when you let a dog no. off the leads. Um, and I think Iva's like resigned himself that this is going to happen. So he's he's already off down the steps and he's going back up to the back up to the temple to find Rian and let Oaken do this. Yep.
2: It's like letting a dog off a lead and immediately seeing them beeline for a pile of cow yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like,
2: all right. And you're like,
1: uh, we'll deal with this later. I'm gonna do <laughs> what I set out to do, bye.
0: And I do really want to underline we'd probably get this in a close-up if this was like a TV show or a film or something, because I imagine the mask itself probably looks a lot like what Fake can looked like. Oh, so we get this close-up of that mask, and then it's slowly, like, peeling up as it reveals your face. Like, the true face of Oaken. And, like, people recognise you still. You've spent time around them, and they know who you are. And just the entire crowd surges. And begins pushing at, at the barriers and the barricades, and against the, the thin line of swifts that stood here.
1: Oh, I'd like to maybe do one thing, to, just to add to the effect... Um, okay. I know we didn't say what loads we took at the beginning, but I took oh, yeah. a, I took a normal load, and I'd like the idea to be that I was carrying a case or something that had oak and spear in two parts in it.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Um, and that. Maybe whilst this was going on, and just after uh, Oaken boots the priest off the stage, I was like screwing it together really quickly <laughs> in the background. Like, yeah. to hand up <laughs> to
0: talk. imagine if, if it, like, maybe there's something that you would normally have for this, for your role, and it's just like, okay, I, I get to just carry a big case around with me that conveniently fits a spear.
1: Yeah. So there you go, I've screwed together the spear and I've handed it up to Oaken so he can stand triumphantly on this stage and rally the crowd. This
2: is the the nicest thing Ivar has ever <laughs> done for Oaken.
1: Ivar winking at Oaken being like go get him lad. Oh man, the real da- downer on this is that this entire score started with a scene of we don't really know whether Oaken's going to betray us or not, <laughs> and I like this.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: So there you go. Have your big spear, lad. Go get him, Chambo, because the people (laughs) believe in you. I guess, before we cut to
0: Ivar and Rian going into a temple, what... Should we just, like, very briefly and at a distance go over what happens here? As, like, the crowd takes hold of this place? Because I don't necessarily think we need to go into great detail, but... I can definitely see, like, Oaken being grabbed and picked up by some of these people. And almost be, like, being carried aloft on on their shoulders, if that makes sense. Would Oaken let them do that?
2: Uh, yeah. I think maybe they're, like, Surge with him at the mm. front. You know, so they're not, like, carrying him, but they're, like...
0: Yeah, I like that more.
2: ...almost pushing him along.
0: Yeah. I don't think this will be a very direct comparison, but we've obviously had some political incidents and issues sort of recently, especially when we were recording which were about, like, storming buildings and similar. So I will just content one for that now in this next bit of description. If you want to avoid that, maybe skip ahead for the next couple of minutes. Like, the short summary of it is that the group of revolutionaries storm the Arab Chambers and... They take over, the declaration's read. I think you're pulled forward by the surging crowd in the direction of the main building of the Arid Chambers, the place where the city's council meets. Everything is sudden and frantic. It's almost as if you're living it from the future, seeing it in flashes. First, the columns and the faded tiles of the building in front of you that you remember shining and newly built. There's the leaders of the march forming around you, Bolef Evelkater, seraphoma glass and Boktiv Dane, his hand clapping you on the back. The clinking keys of the custodian moving to lock the chamber's gates, the keys grasp from their hands. Then, A hammer appearing from nowhere, the declaration nailed. Tap, tap, tap to the council door. Everyone rushing inside, the sitting council, the few that haven't fled, voices raised, faces red. A moment of stubbornness that quickly wilts. Pamphlets raining from the balcony, banners propped against the stage, bundles of riverbank flowers spread onto every seat. The elected members of the assembly, both living and ghosts, taking their seats, emboldened by the sound of singing outside, loud despite the walls between. And then the crowd filling every other part of the room to see what is about to happen in these chambers. Bolif left Boktav and Sarah Roma stand at the centre, blue-pink garlands around their necks, voice ringing out to silence the room, clear and bright. There's a cheer from the crowd as he reads out the declaration. And then again, another cheer as the assembly votes to pass it. I think while all of this is happening here, let's come back to Ivar.
1: Yes, please. Mm -hmm. That's... Let's get those things, guns, bombs, whatever's in there.
2: The thing we actually came here for, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you find Rian inside the temple. I think she has been waiting for you to arrive, and she she looks at you. Iva, what the hell's going on down there? Why it got so loud? Well, uh, we. Uh... Well, I say we... What the bloody hell has Oaken done?
1: Well, I kind of egged him on a bit, to be honest, but uh, I think he's leading that crowd right up the hill to the temple, and that's going to be quite a nice distraction for us to get down here and sort this out.
0: I got some bad news for you. What's up? That bonny Nimshiff lass. She's here. I think a couple of ministers are with her.
1: Oh, Come on now,
0: she they're not even jackals we can deal with this i guess we're for envoys.
1: it'll be easy peasy now come on where's where's the way in
0: i think she leads you to i'm trying to imagine like what the actual way in is there like a trap door somewhere does it lead down the side of the whirlpool or something or is it like is that too too much is it just like a side room
1: Yeah, I love the idea that something, like, weirdly grand and ornate, like, stairs that descend around the outside of the whirlpool, or something like that, but I think that's too much for Mm. how secretive it's meant to be.
0: Yeah. And, like, in my head, there is probably something the other side of the whirlpool, but it's probably the cut, and it's probably something weird, and I don't think this is that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I think she leads you through, like, a series of rooms... I imagine alongside the dome and, like, the main hall, just, like, round the back of it, there's probably a series of, like, small little added-on buildings and places that go... Probably just, like, go into, like, a basement level that she leads you into. They came through here. And then she, like, stops you. And she puts a finger to her lips. I
3: think can hear
0: them. And... Yeah, you kind of work your way through. I imagine this place is weird because I don't think it's a headquarters in a traditional sense of being like the grand center of this organization. I think it's still fairly well put together, but it's sort of faded. It's almost as if this organization has had to have offices that are attached to passant, So I think all of this is like a series of corridors and some offices and maybe like... There are some additional rooms going off, but I think there's maybe, like, a corridor leading to a room up ahead of you. The doors are open, but, like, ajar, and you can hear an argument coming from inside. What do you do?
1: So they're inside the way that we want to go? Or do we want to just get past it?
0: You could probably just get past it. If you imagine coming down a set of stairs into this layer, and there's maybe, like, a corridor going ahead of you with some corridors branching off of that. And on the corridor going ahead of you, there is a room straight ahead, opposite the stairs, that has like a fancy door and it's open and ajar and voices are coming from that. So you could go and like see what's happening there, or you could see whether what you need is elsewhere. It's entirely up to you.
1: I think then that um send Rian off to f- see if she can find something in one of the other doors. Mm. And Ivar would just have a little peek around the door frame with one of his eyes okay just to see what's in the room see if there's anything actually interesting happening there and if not just move on and keep looking
0: okay um make me a roll
1: i think i think this is risky standard uh
0: what would you like to roll here
1: hmm i assume it's a prowl
0: yeah but you could probably use hunt but it'd be lesser effect i think
1: Okay.
0: Like how I'd imagine a hunt being would be like you are literally just sending your eye. So the limited information there is you can only see stuff. Whereas like a prowl yeah. would be I'm getting close and I'm trying to listen to what's actually happening as well as see stuff.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, since what I'm actually trying to work out is just are are there any weapons in there or anything? Yeah. What we've come to get, I'm gonna stick this as a hunt.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So you got three dice for this. Yeah. Unless you want to push yourself or anything. But.
1: Uh, no.
0: That's a five. On a risky, on a five, you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer harm, a complication occurs, you have a reduced effect, or you end up in a desperate position. I think what you do is uh, you send your eye to look through this door. And I think a lot of the complication here comes from what you see. I think this room seems to be... Almost like a large suite, I guess, sort of like a meeting chamber. But it's not like an office meeting room where you've got like one big table and not a lot else, it's a lot of finery and fanciness. It's a place for receiving, I guess, is the way I'd put it. And you can see that there are five people in this room. There are two Pale Lanterns, one of whom you recognise as Mushker Zin who was the person you followed. And then the other person is someone who seems to be wearing probably very fancy clothes. Probably has like lapels and stuff. Um, and they are Ilion Nim Kalad, who is the head of the Pearl Lanterns. I don't know if Ivar knows exactly who they are, but would recognize that there seems to be someone in authority. The other three people in the room you do recognize. Talking to them both is Altara Nimshif who is the constant fawn in your side. And alongside her is the minister, Silicet Nim-Kalad, whose estate you broke into that time, who was working with Lililium. And her second, Vasik Pale, the person who like works with her and is a ghost and is known for being particularly cruel and heartless. And just to underline this, I think what you see them doing is you see them arguing. It seems to be the three of them, Altara and the Ministers, arguing with Ilion and Mushka. Ilion seems to be listening, reserved, and Mushka seems to be arguing quite, quite intently. And as this argument picks up, and this is me ticking the clock some more and like, advancing that, as it gets more heated, you just see Vasic Pale step forward and, with a knife, slice through Mushka's throat. And Mushka's body drops to the floor. Ilyan Nimkalad looks down. There's not one bit of panic in him, but there is a kind of weariness and tiredness, and looks at the body on the floor of his second in command, and looks at Altara and the ministers, and just nods. And that's what you see.
3: Okay. Let's do this
0: quick. I'm going to take this to six of eight okay yeah Um, do you want to make a roll for Rian as well and see how that's going
1: yes do you want me to use the cohort sheet it doesn't really matter your choice okay Uh, is there any position or anything
0: Um, I think once again it's risky standard
1: Rian's on top form (laughs) a six and two ones (laughs) god you should have been using Rian more yeah, that's it. I I'm going to retire, and Rian's going to take my place. And I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just do her roles from the carousel.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I think after a little while, maybe just after you've seen that, like this meeting conclusion, Rian appears back to you, and I think she is carrying like a crate under one arm, and like some weird, almost like mechanical orb under the other. Now we've done orbs a lot. What what's a good shape? Prism. Yeah. I'm sort of imagining, like, do you know, like, a bit of coral? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, like, almost like a cabbage, almost, in, like, it's, like, lots of unfurled shapes, So maybe that's like, that in the shape of a prism, but with, like, leaves coming off it, almost. In the same way that Ezra's stuff is, like, inspired by, like, strand beasts, like, that kind of mechanical, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: And I think the box she's got seems to have, like, a half dozen of these strange lanterns that you know, give this faction their name. Um, and she looks at you and goes, You alright? Shit's going down in that room. They just bloody murdered one of their own. Um, I think, as you say that, Nim Nimkalad walks out of the door, just, like, slamming it open. And I think the two of you manage to, like, duck behind, you know, one of the turns in the corridor. And, like, start striding down, down the corridor, just, like, knocking on doors lanterns it's time and i think as he's doing that someone rings some kind of like alarm sound and you get the sense that the place is about to come alive right time to go okay um i i guess how how are you getting out
1: We we we're going back down the cable car
0: yeah, rushing up the stairs and back out. Yeah,
1: rushing up the stairs straight back out. Okay. Make it look like I think not go not not like sprinting, but I think once we get up the stairs, making it look like we're walking with purpose, like we're delivering these things to to somebody.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um could you give me some kind of role for that? I want a role to see whether you can get out. Because okay. as much as I don't think the Pale Lanterns will pay attention to you. Altar and Nimshif, and the other two will. So, are you saying that you're trying to keep, like, composed?
1: Yeah, that's what I'd say.
0: So what would you like to roll for this?
1: I don't really see this going any other way than Prowl, if I'm trying to be sneaky about it.
0: see Prowl or Command, because Command is Command Obedience to your force of personality. But Prowl is also good.
1: Yeah, I think it's both the same for me, and I'm probably going to push myself as well.
0: Cool. I mean, I can give you a devil's bargain if you want, which is, regardless of how this goes, Altaro will see you. That doesn't necessarily mean she'll catch you.
1: Just, she'll sure, know you've been here. I'm going to take that because I like it. I mm. like the idea that Iva's going up the stairs and he winks and then just <laughs> carries on going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, and also you get an extra dice for, for Rian helping here. I, I guess it's actually a teamwork, so you just get to roll Rian's dice.
1: okay. Um. All right. So I'll roll mine first, and then reends.
0: Yeah. Do you want me to just click on reends?
1: Yeah. Please do. And sorry, was it risky standard?
3: Controlled standard.
1: Okay. I rolled a five, and re rolled a six.
0: Okay. So I think you make it out. And yeah, I think, as you say, you just kind of walk out and no one really questions you. Everyone else seems to be very busy doing what they're doing, and you both just have. Is this just you both have enough of a force of a personality to just ignore what's going on around you?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I think, yeah, in a busy situation, if people are walking places with a purpose, nobody's going to stop them because they're all also doing the same thing.
0: Okay. And yeah, I think. You make it to the stairs, and I think as you do, you maybe hear that door open again, and you get a sense of someone looking at your back. Do you glance
1: back? I don't glance back, but I'll just send an eye around. Okay,
0: yeah. And you see Altara Nimshif looking at you, and behind her, the two ministers. Did you say that you're going to do, like, a wink?
1: Yeah, just a little one, just a... See you soon.
0: Mm. I think as you do that, she smiles and, like, looks at you and a grin stretches across her face. Where do you think that these people are going?
3: Do you think you can make it to Tales End before us?
1: Gonna bloody well try.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then she starts, like, looking around and like start shouting at the people here like faster, let's go. What do you do?
1: Going for that cable car.
0: <laughs> Is this just you running towards in, in its direction? Is that where we leave this? If just the pair of you running through the streets, knowing that Altar and M. Chef and the Pearl Lanterns are about to attack Tails End?
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we're gonna get there. I'm imagining like a um like a western railway robbery, like we steal the cable car and ride it down. And then we've got to get back to Tail's End as quick as possible.
0: Yeah, just, just walking in. Don't worry about the brakes, just go.
1: I mean, in my head, I also maybe had the thought of just cutting the cable and just riding this thing down as quick as it'll go. Did you not stop to get Oaken? I think Oaken's leading his own revolution, right?
2: I can, I can stop on one.
1: <laughs> uh, well, Oaken will turn back up in two or three days, like he's been on like a massive bender. But he's actually just been reading, yeah. leading a revolution.
0: <laughs> all I can imagine is all the revolution. He's just like, for fuck's sake, how did this happen? How did you let Oaken? This is gonna be asked for when they get back. Like, how did? Why the fuck did you let Oaken lead a revolution? And speaking of Oaken, before we like end today, should we go? back to see where he is and like check in on the Arab Chambers. I think where we left, Bolef had just given his speech and the Assembly had voted to recognize the Declaration. I think we see moments after that the entire mood of the march and the Garret people and the crowd change. It's as if a wave passes from the very Tail of the march all the way up Marrow to its head. In the wake of that wave is nervousness and a sense of panic and dread. Because a rumor spreads, and then it turns into news, and then it turns into fact. Tail's End is under attack. The NIM shifts have struck.